I'd never been to San Francisco before, but last month I had the opportunity to head over to California for the SOCAP conference. It was a hectic week of talks and meetings and seminars and more tacos than I'm sure is healthy. But amongst it all, I managed to squeeze in a bunch of podcast interviews with some leading voices in the world of social enterprise and impact investing. First up is Daniel Madovan. I'm sure a lot of you will know Dan as the Melbourne-based CEO of Impact Investment Group. And for my most dedicated listeners, you also know that Dan was one of my first guests on the show one year ago. And so this episode marks the first anniversary of the Good Future podcast. I'm enjoying the ride so far. It's taken a lot of work, but it's all been worth it to speak to the amazing guests that have agreed to come on board and share their stories. But I'm trying to keep this short. I'll be releasing a series of these bite-sized episodes over the coming week. So do hit subscribe on iTunes or your chosen podcast app to make sure you don't miss any of the episodes. All right, here it is, my SoCap chat with Daniel Madden. Here we go. We're here, we're all the way, all the way uh, over here in California. We're here for the SOCAP conference. It has been a year, which brings us to pretty much to the day, the one year anniversary of the Good Future podcast. You were one of my first guests. So it's great to have you back here. Can you tell us a little bit about what really draws your business and your delegation all the way to a city like San Fran and, uh, and the SOCAP conference? Yeah, sure. So firstly, it's great to be back. It is almost exactly a year because I spoke to you from San Francisco last time we spoke. So uh, great to be joining you again. Um, So similar to last year, uh, but with a somewhat more comfortable sized group. We are here with a group of Aussies. So there's 25 uh, Aussies that have come along with IIG and Small Giants to come and check out SOCAP. And really, I guess we had an analogy running earlier in the week, which was to come and check out the ice cream factory, right? So there's so many different flavors for people to taste here of impact investing that people that are curious about the space or maybe wanting to get access to new ideas or understand what some of the most innovative and newest ideas are uh, this is a great place to meet a whole bunch of people in the one spot at the one time and san fran's the home of the startup but how does that integrate how does that influence the social enterprises that are starting up here it influences it from san francisco in i think a similar way it influences startups just more broadly in a u.s context i, I think what we see here is many of what we might term as social enterprises or impact businesses tend to have more of a technology focus. At, um, you know, it's probably a more of a predominant part of their business model. And, you know, there's often an even sort of larger focus on how their business can scale. I must say, you know, we're seeing also exceptions to that rule. We spent the morning this morning at Impact Hub in Oakland. And, you know, they are really doing some amazing work at supporting uh, local uh, entrepreneurs and uh, across a whole range of business models. So um, I think there is this sort of growing trend towards local as well, which is interesting um, when you sit that against the more kind of tech startup, global scale kind of model that um, you might expect to see more of in San Francisco. And so can local and scale stick together? Is there a, a middle road? I don't know. I, I, you know, like maybe the question is, should they? Because maybe they can. I'm, I'm not sure they should. I can imagine 
off the top of my head that maybe scaling platforms or models that can be replicated might be ways that you can still retain an element of local connectedness or, or, or connection to local community and still have a model that can you know scale for want of a better term but that scale is more about then replication than it is about size i think where a lot of the drive is coming from from a kind of local aspect is not just from investors but also from from people that could use capital entrepreneurs um, about how they feel more connected to the investors that they have but also for the investors to feel more connected to what their money is actually doing in their own communities so as long as that's not lost sure like you know if we can scale stuff without losing that magic i think that'd be great Good stuff, good stuff. Well, look, today we're going to try and keep it brief. We spoke to you a year ago. What's happened in the last 12 months? So much good stuff. (laughs) So, look, we've really spent the last almost nine months building new things. And it feels like we've been working away in the garage with the door down and we're sort of just lifting the roller door now and starting to wheel things out which is an incredibly exciting time so uh, you may not have seen this yet because you've been here not in Australia in the last 24 hours we had some um, an announcement and some press coverage around working with WA Super to establish the West Western Australian Impact Fund anchored by WA Super so it's only the second time a, a, an industry super fund has has um, built an impact focused mandate it is still focused on producing competitive rates of return but it is a place-based mandate to kind of pick up our earlier local theme to have a super fund that has a state-based presence in WA and wanting to have social impact in that state so that's super exciting for us excuse the pun and that was announced 24 hours ago you know we're working on a couple of big renewables transactions that have been in the pipeline for the last six months that we'll bring to market over the next month or two and uh, a couple of other fund ideas which are very early stage but have been worked on quite a bit to date which we're looking to launch early next year very good very good great timing and can you tell us a little bit about your impact report this year was a a bit of a a landmark output for you guys? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, the team, uh, particularly uh, Dr. Erin Castellas, who is our Chief Impact Officer, uh, has worked tirelessly on that with the, with the investment teams to really produce something which we acknowledge is our first consolidated impact report. And whenever you do something for the first time, we acknowledge that it's not perfect, but it's a damn good start. The purpose of the report is really to provide transparency on on what we're doing as a business and what we're doing with the money that we've been entrusted to manage on behalf of investors. So for us, much of that report is also being able to not only collect data and provide metrics and information about how individual assets have performed, but also point to help provide a frame for, well, what does that mean in the context of? So for us, the in the context of is twofold. One is we have adopted the impact management project, which some of your listeners may be familiar with. And if they're not, they can Google that and it'll tell them all about how a group globally of impact investors have come together to try and bring a little bit more consistency to the way that we talk about impact and report impact. And the second part to us is pointing our impact towards the SDGs and being able to demonstrate across each fund what SDGs are actually being contributed to by that fund or by 
the activities we're undertaking. We see the SDGs as something that the finance world and many outside of the finance world have, have really latched onto and we're really encouraged by that and we want to encourage that and, and we'd like to see more of it. So transparency and consistency, obviously really important. And you know, you guys are pioneering in Australia with this report, but then what's the next step? Obviously you don't want to be out there on your own for too long. The idea of it all is to bring everyone in and have everybody businesses everywhere, companies and funds, being more transparent, reporting more about their impact, thinking more broadly than just their shareholders. So what would be the next step to help bring everybody along? There's a couple of different answers to that. I mean, one of them is about sharing our methodology, whether that's how we collect data, how we report it, the systems that we use. I like to think we're quite generous in sharing our IP on, on, on all of those topics. So I think just sharing what we've learned, but also being open about what hasn't worked. I mean, one of the scary, like scary things about impact measurement is not everything you try actually works the way you thought it was. Not everything has the impact that you thought it would. Uh, so how do we be transparent about that? And how do we own that, right? Like if something didn't work that's okay like figuring out what doesn't work actually provides you a much smaller universe to choose from that might help you find the thing that does work Uh, so being open to you know what I unashamedly call failure is really important and metrics data measurement all of those things not only provide transparency but they provide us a way to know how we're going and where things are working and are not working and just to finish up, we do need to uh, to wrap this up. I promised I'd keep it brief, but that is really difficult. There's so much to talk about. You're telling me I talk too much. Charlie. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but that's great. That's why uh, that's why you're the first uh, two-time guest. <laughs> but just to give people a feel, I was going to sort of ask, you know, what are you going to do at SOCAP for the next few days? But, you know, uh, that's fairly standard. But can, can you help people understand what this uh, conference is all about? It's quite unique. They talk about it being a big tent. There's people from everywhere there. How would you capture the vibe that, that really um, stands yet above and beyond a, a standard finance conference? Yeah, sure. I, I'll answer that in two ways, if I could. The first is the sort of technical answer to that. And then the second is what am I most interested in? As I said earlier, I think what attracts people to SOCAP is you have a few thousand people that come to the one spot every year and many of those people are the recognized pioneers leaders leading thinkers leading doers in whatever area of impact investment social entrepreneurship or any other word you want to come up with are doing so to be able to come here and hear from them hear what they have learned and be exposed to new ideas that you know either a a, a just you don't have the opportunity because you've got a busy day job or just ideas you haven't had the opportunity to be exposed to yet. All of those things are just great reasons to come here. The other thing I would add to that is just the opportunity to connect with like-minded people and and gain some energy from, you know, it can be really challenging work. It can be difficult work at times. And when you have the opportunity to spend time with people that are doing similar work, I think you gain energy from that and inspiration from that. So they are all good reasons. The reason I'm personally most interested in this is to connect with people that have gone beyond the technical aspects of this. I think we all can get a grasp of the technical aspects of what an investment is and what the the financial model looks like and the returns and the anticipated impact. But, you know, as human beings, 
why is this something that I feel connected to and why do I feel called to do this work? That's really the opportunity for me personally, I, I find, is to understand how other people are exploring that and exploring why they feel called to do this work and what that even means. Some call it the inner work or the inner journey. And I think ultimately, you know, the relationship that we have with ourselves is really all we've got. So the opportunity to kind of learn from others about how they're exploring that is really interesting for me. I must admit, given that this whole space is populated by people often who are coming out of finance and saying, I want more purpose, I want more meaning uh, in my work, I think too often we shy away from the question of, well, what does that mean for each of us individually and what journey are we on personally? Because actually all of those things that people are looking for are really about stuff that's going on inside. It's not for lack of uh, thinking or strategy or mechanics. Yeah, that's really profound. I think we struggle for definitions in this space so much, but then at the same time, people struggle to, to understand why they, they feel this way, You know, why they want to go beyond the profit and loss. And uh, yeah, coming together to really dig down and, and just let it all out is uh, probably cathartic for a lot yeah. of people. And finding those people that have kind of tread that and have owned that and we can learn from. That's uh, It's a wonderful opportunity. Good stuff. And if we can keep this last question quick, but it's something that people really do get a lot out of. And that's uh, a tip on something you've read lately. Maybe a book, could be a blog post, maybe a YouTube video. Uh, the last book I've read uh, was The Courage to Be Disliked and I really enjoyed that. So uh, yeah, could, uh, could uh, encourage anyone to read that. All right, good stuff. Thank you, Dan. Well, we've got a couple of days of SOCAP to look forward to. So uh, yeah. Great. I'll speak to you next year, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully before that, but uh, definitely next year. All right, mate. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, bye.